0: Well, I believe there's hope for Africa. Yes, Carol just preached it. The hope for Africa is Jesus Christ. Amen. Mr. and Mrs. Gil Harder. Kwa sura Yakwanza. Mimi Paulo nitume kwa Kristo Yesu kwa mapenzi ya Mungu na ndugu Timotheo tunamharikia
1: ninyi watu wa Mungu huko katika Kungana na Kristo. So that you have grace and peace from God our
2: your greeting from Africa. Mungu Akubariki, Kaji Saruni, Atajewu, Nimzuri Kuahapa. This is Mrs. Siesu, which in Maasai means praise the Lord. Kaji Saruni, Saruni means help. And that's just what I do, who I am. These are names that have been given to us by the Africans themselves, especially the Maasai. You know, they're the ones that are jumping, and you see in the National Geographic, and they love the primary colors that. We're all wearing, and uh, even their Kenyan flag is uh, their hats are all green, and we wear lots of hats. And just about the time that we think that we have learned one language, we're working in another. And uh, so we have several languages going on, and we're just we have enough of the magic words that uh, we can, you know, bring a blessing. Usually, I try to learn. The words, God bless you, and praise the Lord. Those are the keys that unlock the doors. So many times, I can't tell you how many times, every time I'm in Africa, going through a police check, going through some kind of a crisis, and a simple rolling down the window, looking at the AK 47 pointed at you, and saying, Buona Asifiwe! You know, and and they're just, that's praise the Lord in Kiswahili. And the and the uh, so often the mean soldiers out go on go on men of God, go do your work, and the whole troop goes with me. And uh, when I was working in Russia, it was the same thing. Da vas and they overlooked all the Bibles that were in the bags, and never once in five years of ministry in Russia was a Bible confiscated or a ministry stopped. And so, if you want to learn any words. In any language, praise the Lord always works. And I married, praise the Lord. And the chief came up and one day said to me and decorated me with one of these um, great things that they always make, jewelry. All the women wear all their jewelry at once in Africa. You know, they'll have. he put this around me and said, Gilbert, you, you are Saruni, you know. And I knew this might come someday. They watch you and to see what kind of character you are. And those of you who taught me Sunday school here know that I'm quite a character. They really didn't know who I was. And he said, you are Saruni. And I hope that meant something good and it meant help. And he put this on. And from that day to this, Gilbert no longer exists. I am Saruni. I mean, I've never heard the word, I'm Saruni. In Africa, at least in their tribe. And in Mexico, I'm Gilberto, or Gilberto. And we welcome Rebecca and Enoch and Maribel. Um, Bienvenidos and Dios le bendiga. So wonderful from Cuernavaca, right? And so we welcome you, and Rebecca is coming on our team. And come on up, Rebecca and Sharon. Come on up. Once again, as... Yes, Rebecca and Sharon. Sharon is no longer Sharon. She is not known as Sharon. She received the name in 2015 of Nasarian, a very It means the peaceful one. It's a beautiful name. It's an honorable name. And uh, so come on up here, Nasserion, and stand by praise the Lord. And Rebecca, you're just going to have to wait for your name and know that they're going to be watching you. So uh, you'll probably receive a great name as well. And uh, so anyway, thank you so much for sending hope. Kingwood Bible Church is doing what they've always done from the early days. It's a missionary God that we serve. Our God is a missionary God. He only had one son, and he made him a missionary, and that's why we're here. And so let us not, never take the go out of the gospel. If you could have told me, and Pat, thank you for being so kind in your little introduction, you know, of this kid with a lot of energy, climbing up the bell towers and, you know, disrupting the classes and being that little character that always got sat in between two girls when I first came into class to try to keep me from getting in trouble. If anyone would have told me that this character would be working in Africa or Russia or Mexico or Romania or around the world, by God's grace who would have not believed it. But God uses the weak things of this world, of course, to confound the wise. And I am so grateful for your prayers and your support and your sending of us and all the other missionaries, the Tanners down in Tanzania, just south of us uh, in Kenya. Mostly I've, we've been working in the, in the east eastern part of Africa, but also with some Mennonite work in the Congo, Burundi, Rwanda, and even South Africa. And uh, again, these are we try to be as colorful as we can and uh, give you a little bit of a a taste of Africa, which we're going to do. One day, they love to surprise you in Africa. They really like to surprise you. Even now, our director's wife is expecting her second child. But I won't get the news directly. It'll come through someone else. And it'll come at just a moment that it's a big, big surprise. And so one day... We were out with the, in the village, and they brought this shirt that they had made. And they do beadwork, of course, and we call our ministries Africa Hope Ministries. And Jesus, of course, is the hope of Africa. And so they, so they embroidered that. If you can read it, it, says Africa Hope. And it looks like you know they put all these fishing lures on it and everything. Just like, oh gosh, it's uh, quite, a, quite a piece of artwork. And and then they put God here. Now I think they thought maybe at first that I was God, but then they got to know me kinda like you know Sunday school teachers. And they put it backwards. You know, and so you know how you spell God backwards? Dog, yeah. See, any way you spell it, he's still man's best friend. So they got that right. But I think they got my character right too. But at any rate, um, you remember 2015, two years ago. And Jennifer and all of you there with the sewing machines and the cutting boards and the scissors and all the things that we put together, Burger King crowns with the stickers on it for Jesus Camp, as we call it. And you're going to have your vacation Bible clubs here just a week or two before, so then you can all pack up this, use this as training. And we do the five-day clubs there. And last time, and I think we shared the reports We reached way over a 1,000 kids for Christ. In the public schools, we have uh, uh, two uh, uh, primary schools there with over 350, close to 400 kids, and then Africa Hope Bible College that's been established all by the grace of God throughout East Africa as we're training pastors to plant churches, but also reaching kids and orphans for Christ. And uh, so this is our team from, from Kingwood, we also have a California team. We're going July, July 6th through the 24th for three weeks. One week of that is going to be Jesus Camp at two of our schools and, um, and reaching these kids. And I was just telling uh, the team here um, yesterday how the Lord impressed me this last week that we need to have a baptism. And we're meeting at a church school at our school in Kitangela. There's almost 400 kids there. And so many of them, they're coming from the villages, coming, uh, they could never go to school. We're marginalized, and here they are. And they need to tell you this. I think I might have shared this in my prayer letters with you. Our school started in 2009 in Kitangela, that particular school, with about eight kids. And now there's over 400. And the teachers, we have 10 teachers, they get paid about $100 a month at the most, that's the principal, and then down to maybe $50 or $60 a month with our teachers, and the kids, uh, you know, they have a writing pencil and paper, and most of their teaching is recitation and all that, and they're teaching science and math and CRE, which is Christian Religious Education, we're teaching them to know Christ, to follow Christ history, all of those things, algebra, algebra one, algebra two, class, the, the school goes up from first grade up to the eighth grade, actually primary up to eighth grade. And last year, our school, when, when they have the first graduation, eighth grade, then your school pops up on the national registry. Everything, and there's no curve, grading on the curve in Africa. It's just the straight thing. Our school came up number one out of 54 schools in the largest county of Kenya, all of Kijato, from Nairobi all the way to Kilimanjaro. And we were just like, academically, it just, and and, and, and and, you know, we had a celebration, we had graduation, we're blessing these teachers, staying up all night, getting the kids to pass their exams and all of that. But the greatest thing is that they would know Christ, <laughs> Because Africa hope, if it's anything, America hope, it's Jesus Christ. Romans fifteen thirteen is our verse, you know, kind of theme verse for our ministry. May the God of all hope, and because of the resurrection, he is the God of all hope, grant you joy and peace, things that money cannot buy, learning cannot bring you, in believing by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, folks, it's that simple. As we sang this morning, there's power in the blood there's grace in the Lamb of God and there's hope beyond the grave eternally in the person of Jesus Christ by just believing and receiving. And so the Lord impressed me just this last week. We're getting ready for this Jesus camp and the sports and the missionary stories and the Bible stories and all the 25 songs in Kiswahili and English. Because English is our, their third language in our school, by the way. They speak their tribal language, might be Maasai, Kikuyu, Luo, Langu, whatever. Then they come to school and learn the heart language of East Africa, which is Kiswahili. So they're learning to read and write Kiswahili and English, which is their trade language in East Africa. In the West, it's French. So English is really their third language (laughs) that they're learning. All these kids and teachers, bless their hearts, unbelievable. To see what God is doing there. And so we would love for you to come to our workshop, of course. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that, Mrs. Ciesu, Nasarian, and Rebecca.
1: Um, So after the Sunday school hour, we're going to have pizza. Yay, pizza. (laughs) Yeah, one to four. And um, we are going to be making name tags, and we are going to be sewing bean bags, and uh, all kinds of fun projects. So if you can come and uh, cut something, punch holes in something to put some books together, uh, we can use your hands. Uh, Many hands make light work. And here he is playing. Oh, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) <laughs> so we would really love to have you come and uh, even uh, just come and watch and encourage us, eat some pizza with us, and uh, get a flavor for what we're trying to do in Africa. And uh, be sure and pray, most of all, to pray Most important. Uh, for Africa, for our outreach this summer. Of course, we're praying for health and all that, but we are so excited to have... Uh, uh, the opportunity uh, to do baptisms. We don't know who's been baptized. What adults? What teachers? So we're pretty excited about introducing this. Gil was the first one to do communion at this church. They had never had communion before. And so this, they have a baptistry, a pool. Uh, that they call their baptistry. We don't know if uh, anyone's been baptized in it, so we're very excited about that opportunity this summer. So uh, come and join us after church, uh, but be sure and pray for our whole team and especially the the kids in Africa and the teachers who uh, maybe get baptized for the first time in their life. So that's pretty exciting. This is our song leader. I just want to say pray for us. We need prayer. I'm so blessed by every single one of you. You've already supported me in so many ways. I can't even express how I feel about you. But just pray for us and do come help. We'll have another work day in June, like June 2nd, I think, to do some more things, pack the suitcases and stuff. Pray. And I'm so thrilled that Rebecca is coming. Uh It's awesome for me. So. I just know that God brought me to the right place, and I'm very thankful for your support. And praise the Lord.
2: Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And
1: we need you to bring your own scissors. Bring your own scissors. If you scissors, can bring your scissors, right. that would be
2: great. Yes. And, you know, um, why don't we pray right now? Let's just ask God to to bless. Father, again, we thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for Kingwood Bible Church, who has sent healing and hope around the world. All the missionaries that have come from this place, all of the teachers, preachers, pastors, leaders, Father, we thank you that you sent your son who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so how thankful we are for this fellowship and this family. We ask your blessings upon our team. We think of our California uh, teachers that are going to be joining us. And knit our hearts together that we might be one so that the world would know that we are your disciples. Father, we're praying for every boy and girl. We're not just praying for some to come to Christ. We're praying for all of them to come to Christ. We're not praying for some of them to identify with you in baptism and communion and walking with you. We're praying for each and every one and even some of the teachers who have never had the joy of a public confession of Christ. And going on to walk with you and to make a world of difference, God. That's what you came to do. That's what we intend to do. By your grace, we thank you for the privilege of that. Thank you for bringing everyone at Kingwood Bible Church with us uh, in prayer, by faith. And we just ask your blessing now upon this team. We ask your kingdom would come. Your will would be done on earth even as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I thought I'd give you a little taste of, of Africa. I just got back a few weeks ago. Um, and so I have some movies up there, just a little short, about three or four little clips, give you a little bit of taste at what's happening. And uh, here it is. This is Jesus' camp just below Somalia at our
0: Africa Hope Academy.
2: So Africa Ho-
0: this is our Africa Baya Hope director Agri Juma. And <laughs>
2: She's introducing the son that she received as an orphan who was put on her doorstep uh, by a lady who then went away. It's part of her family. Walim is his name. These are our directors up in the Africa Hope Academy, James and Choice. James is a former Muslim coming to Christ, he's a wonderful evangelist. And now they have a
1: they have a school of about eighty-five children. there out the, by the Indian. Ocean. Jesus is the truth. Salvation is rich. By knowing him, salvation comes in.
2: Did you catch that? Yeah, that's their British accent with their English.
0: The the truth saves. The truth delivers. When you believe in Jesus, He will set you free. Thank you. you.
2: The beautiful thing was that when we did the Africa Hope and Jesus um, camp, Uh, at the School of 400 in Kitangela, we brought all of our Africa Hope directors to join us because our focus was teach to reach. It was evangelism and discipleship of our teachers. So James and Choice, then what you just saw, after our Jesus camp was over and we went out reaching, they took all that we did, made their own hats. You saw them. Not Burger King crowns, but... But the cardboard hats put feathers in it. They put war paint on. They sang all the songs Nasserian taught them and took it and duplicated it with their, with their school and reached out to all the villages on the Indian Ocean. It's just awesome. We're going, yes! That's the multiplication ministry that you just saw, uh, got a taste of here. So This is a lady just picking up sticks along the Indian Ocean. She's very talented, as they all are. They really use their head. By the time she was done, the pile on the top of her head was about twice as big as that. And then she picked up two jerry cans, plastic cans with water, because they're having a drought in Kenya, and walked off with two five-gallon buckets of water in each hand and probably... 40 or 50 pounds of wood, firewood, on her head, back maybe a mile or two to her village home. This is our new property. We've purchased land right on the foot of uh, the north slope of Kilimanjaro. These ladies are sowing our fields with beans. They have the little hose. And the theme for our Jesus camp is the fruit of the spirit. So our question is, how does your garden grow? And we're going to use these very implements to teach them how God plants the seed of the word of God in our hearts and how it grows to produce love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and (laughs) self-control. He is water witching. You know what water witching is? Coconut You're looking for witching, a. He says, "I can't believe it. I had I had never seen this before." How many of you know what water witching is? You're, you know we have to we have to drill a well on our coconut property. Coconut water witching. I can't understand. Yeah, and they use a coconut. We use a willow stick or a wire. A coconut stands right up in your hand when there's water under the ground. Can you believe that? It's just. He couldn't believe it either. He says, this is witchcraft. I says, well, why do you think they call it water witching? (laughs) Pray for us. We're drilling a well, Lord willing, this year on our property. And if we can, uh, it hasn't rained for a year and three months in Kenya. The drought is killing the cattle, the crops, and the people who are often dehydrated already. So it's a real need. And we're not going to depend just on the water with with the coconut. We actually have to get a permit in a GPS, you know, research thing. But we're marking all the places that the the coconut said there might be water to see if uh, they're going to correspond. Craziness, isn't it? And here we are, Christians. Oh, well. Go ahead. (laughs) These are some pictures. Everyone is carrying water. And uh, the wells are dry. People are digging them deeper. You can you can keep rolling. Uh, these are our neighbors. The one thing we're not going to plant on our property is bananas because these guys go crazy for bananas, and they'll tear your fences that walk over them. But these are our neighbors in Amboseli. These are ladies with uh, all their pots, everything they can gather going to the well. The water tank, there's a water well right there pumping water up, to that tank and yet as we speak that well is now dry here they're digging this well deeper and they're all waiting with their pots for this guy to bring up a a can of water this cow is not going to be standing very long he's just probably his last stand right there and this is what the fields look like after the drought That cow uh, was unable to ever get up again. And you can see this guy's delivering water. These were empty cans, and then they take him to wherever the well is. And you notice all the people on the right-hand side way up there? Every single one is carrying every kind of jug and pitcher and thing that they can carry. That's a lot of jugs on a bicycle, isn't it? And then these guys are delivering them in the towns and uh, to each house. We uh, got a new motorcycle for James and Choice. This is the couple that did Jesus Camp. You saw them introducing. Their whole family is on this 150 uh, motorcycle. That's uh, Lois and Karen and uh, Father James and Walim and Jeremiah Wiseman and Choice. First thing they did with the motorcycle, loaded up with uh, jugs and head about two miles away to the nearest well. You can see the tanks that we purchased there on the right side for them about four or five years ago. They're standing in front of their church. This is up near Somali, uh, still in Kenya. And so before we left, we filled those tanks. We had the water trucks come and filled them for about $100 apiece. This is a salt uh, back there on that 's the Indian Ocean, and they a uh, salt mine actually that they do de, uh, from the from the ocean there i don 't know if you can feel how hot that is, but it 's about one hundred and fifteen. This is an old uh, Muslim well that has now run dry for the first time i 've been working fifteen years in Africa and driven by this so many times and There's usually 50 people around it, but now it's dry. This is the church. This gentleman is praying that someone will come along and fill that tank. And you sent Saruni. That's me. There's our other uh, Africa Hope director, Agre, who's preaching that the Lord is the Lord of the rain. And... uh, that he will send times of refreshing, which he did. There I'm leading communion in, the, uh, in their particular church. That's the Spring of Hope Church. And this is a baby dedication. And this is the family gathered afterwards. It's about 120 right there. And the kids are finding some shade. The ladies are cooking roll kukia. <laughs> for those Mennonites here, we uh, know what that is nice pastries. And, and this is the neighbor coming and trimming our trees for us, the tall man. This is what the Tana River looks like. It usually looks like the Columbia, but this is at just before it empties into the Indian Ocean right there, so it's pretty low. This is Jesus Camp from 2015. You can see how many kids we had at the Gilharder Academy in Kitangela uh, with all their name tags, and now there's about 400 for this Jesus Camp coming up. Is the family. Here's Jesus' camp again, kids. This is up north, their version, much better than ours, totally African. This is Kilimanjaro, and this is a picture from our land property. The mountain on the left is Mount Muenze, 17,000 feet, and Kilimanjaro is 20,000 feet. Beautiful mountain. This is a Muslim man who we're trusting will come to Christ. He's one of the ambassadors of peace working with our Christian leaders that we're trusting will come to Christ. When he comes to Christ, the whole village will come to Christ. This is his wife and child. This is a very interesting poem. You're talking about sanctuary cities and bringing the Syrian refugees or the Somalis into your neighborhood probably should think twice. It's not exactly the best plan. This is a poem that's rooted deep in the hearts of little Somali kids. It's terror, terrorizing. I and Somali against the world. I and my clan against Somalia. I and my family against the clan. I and my brother against the family. I against my family. <laughs> Gosh, I hope No one ever gets taught that, but that's in their hearts. The Somalis are very warlike. Even the Bible talks about the people, smooth-skinned people from the land of Cush. We're reaching them. We're right below Somalia with one of our schools. And uh, praise God for that. But pray for Somalia and pray for the root of bitterness, isolation, and war that this, this little poem represents in the hearts of the Somalian children. This is teaching again up north. This is on our way to school. Our property is right back there. Uh, There's a container, a red container on the top left, and then our first school building, uh, and then these are the local neighbors bringing their kids out to the market. Here is a, a teaching of, uh, they're teaching our Bible school, uh, some pastors, local pastors on Islam, how to reach Muslims for Christ. We're seeing more Muslims come to Christ than ever before. Hundreds and thousands are turning to Christ because there's no hope in Islam at all. And there's no peace there. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous harvest of souls for uh, for Muslims worldwide. Pray for them. Our two directors, I've been talking about James and Agre. James is his Christian name. His real name is Qasim Sahid Mahine. (laughs) You can't get any more Muslim than that. And uh, they are just on fire evangelists and wonderful teachers. Every time Agre teaches, it makes you want to get saved again if you could do such a thing. So thank you for praying. There's a picture of our property. And the first building that we put on it with Kilimanjaro in the back and Amboselli National Park uh, with all the animals is just to the right. Here the ladies are planting the, the seeds once again. This little guy, neighbor kid, and his brother came over. He kept watching me. We were working on the property. This is a couple of weeks ago. And then he started singing, Jesus Loves Me. It right in the fence, through the fence, I walked up, I took his picture, and I said, where did you learn that? He said, you taught this to me last year. And they're, because their oral culture, everything that they learn is right here. And through recitation, you give them your whole name and address and phone number. Next week, they've got it. No, not writing anything down, they just they remember that way. Very beautiful. This is our director, Agri and his daughter. Here he is, water witching again. Can't believe it. This is his wife, who is due. She may have already had her child, but I will not know until it's a grand surprise. These are our team that are going to help us. These are college kids that I have known. Mercy there, Michael, Mercy, Marcy, and Charles. And they're going to join us coming in. They're going to have a soccer tournament outreach in the village after Jesus' camp to reach the entire village where the kids come from and then invite them on Sunday for the baptism and for a harvest fellowship. So they're excited. These are some of the boarders, some of the orphan kids that are at our school with dresses that were sewn from Fresno, California, and our sister school, Crossroads uh, Bible uh, School in in Madera, California. Okay, thank you. Wonderful, That's great. So I, I just wanted to give you that little taste of Africa. And are we, are we out of time? What time do you get out? Oh, I'll be done Tuesday. No, <laughs> I don't use a watch in Africa. I use a calendar usually. But no, seriously, what time? Got about 10 minutes? Okay, good. Well, let's take the Word of God because we certainly don't want to fail to look at the Word, and I want to encourage you a little bit. Please uh, come on up, and uh, if you want to look at some of these artifacts, and this is a brochure. This is our Africa Hope Bible College. From what I've been sharing, for the most part, you would think that most of our ministry is with orphans and widows and children, and it it has become that in a significant way. Not most of it, but a lot of it. No one can work in Africa very long without ministering to the orphans and the widows because there's so many of them the idp camps of a million people internally displaced people the refugees pouring over from somalia from the congo the genocidal things the rebel groups that you know all of that it's it's part of the history of africa but in that desperation africa is more christian than america is per capita it's awesome That doesn't mean Africa is reached. Oh, no, you can find totally unreached pagan villages just right over there and there and there. And then they turn to Christ and turn from idols and drinking blood and doing all these demonic things to serve the living God. It's just awesome. And there's more people. I just want to always encourage. You know, you've heard me say this before. I want to encourage you. It's not just us four and no more. There are more Jews coming to Christ Today, than in the last 10 centuries, more Muslims turning to Christ, more nations coming to Christ, 19,000 Africans a day that we know of through the U.S. Center of World Missions, just reporting of missionaries, the baptisms, the salvations, the memberships, 19,000 people a day on the continent of Africa somewhere are coming to Christ. And that's just a portion. Those are just the ones we know about I have had experience after experience of hundreds of people and whole villages turning to Christ. And they say, well, hey, but of course, the skeptic in us jumps up. Well, what about, you know, what happens to them afterwards? Well, they go on, they get baptized, they're serving, and the first thing they do is reach the other village. And the next village. And they go on. Why? Because Jesus is the greatest thing that ever came to our village. They don't have choices of where they're going to go to a restaurant to eat after church or if they're going to travel or take a vacation. If they're going to, you know, they're wondering if they're going to eat, if they're going to even have water enough to even give their kids a bath or have a, a drink of water. So when Jesus comes along with all of his promises, <laughs> ask whatever you will and it will be done. I cannot tell you how many times I have preached the gospel in a village that has had a drought. And in the middle of the message at the end with an amen the thunder comes down the lightning strikes and the rain begins to come and they do want to worship me like a god literally just like Paul and Barnabas and Silas experience oh man you know we, you know we've had a drought here for and now the rain has come and God does those things just to accentuate God is a God of miracles. Heaven has not run out of miracles or money or healing or hope. Remember that. <laughs> That's, we believe him for that. But his miracles, if you read in the word of God, are always related to his purpose. His power, as we're singing, is power in the blood, absolutely. His power is always connected to his purpose. That everyone should come to Christ. Everyone. Every boy and girl. And every nation, every tribe. And so the miracles that come, you, you know, I come with, you know, we come with stories and, you know, flashy clothes and all these kinds of things and testimonies of, you know, and sometimes you're tempted to sit here and go, well, I sure wish that was happening here. You know, why isn't God doing something? He is. The minute you step out the door, you're feeding the poor out here Yesterday. You're reaching. We're here. We're praying. We're sending hope. And the farther you go out, every step you take in the direction of God's missionary heart, buckle your seatbelt and wait for impact. He will use you, and you will have stories to tell because people are just as lost here in West Salem as they are in Africa. The difference is, some say, well, then why do you have to go all the way across the world When we got problems right here of our own. Because it may be a thousand miles between the next church, or any water, or that they've ever heard Christ. And so that's what compels us, the love of God, and to go out there. I know what Paul said when he said in Romans 15, he says, My ambition has been to preach the gospel where it's never been preached. Why? It's so intoxicating. It's so incredible to see Christ and the good news just explode. To see people turn from darkness to light anywhere, you know, in kids club, in vacation Bible school, in that wherever it is. That's the that's the most exciting thing in the world, isn't it? <laughs> to pass from death to life. To see somebody's marriage suddenly healed. To see somebody get off drugs and and drinking and all of this, and then suddenly be shiny. You yeah, know, that's what they say about our kids. Muslims are bringing their kids to the Gilharder Academies and Africa Hope Academies in 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 Africa. And our, our founders and teachers and directors interview the family. You know, this is a Christian school. Yes. Well, you're Muslim. You're Islamic, Quranic teaching. Why are you bringing them here? We want them to find a better way of living. Wow. What a testimony. The police sometimes round up orphans and kids whose parents have died or run away or or, or just throw away kids from the dump and bring them to our school. And our directors are so kind-hearted and filled with the Spirit, they cannot turn them away. See, how did we come from nine kids to over 400 in the last six, seven years? The grace of God. Well, how are we going to feed them all? We don't know. <laughs> but God does. And he's doing this work. A mysterious, awesome work. Let me just uh, challenge you uh, from the scriptures. Matthew chapter 25 is the Olivet Discourse. When it's the end of Jesus' life, they've had the Last Supper and all, and, and uh, they're coming to... Well, they haven't had the Last Supper yet, but he, they're in the Olive Grove there where Jesus liked to pray and liked to teach his disciples. And it's the end of all things. Matthew 25, verse 31. The disciples are there in this garden, probably in the shade because it's hot in Israel too all the time. And they're asking, when is the end coming? <laughs> Have you ever asked that question? When, are, you know, when, is, he, when is he coming? When's, when's the end of this? And Jesus said, in verse 31, Matthew 25, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall sit upon his throne and separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He separates the nations. He separates the tribes and all the tongues and he shall set the sheep upon his right hand and the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then notice his judgment. Notice how he's judging. What what is the basis of his judgment? For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. That's the basis of his judgment. That's simple. Do we have prisons in Salem? Do we have homeless people? Do we have hungry people? Do we have people without clothes? Do we have people who are sick in the hospital? Hey, we got work to do. Boy, Sunday afternoon's not even going to be long enough, is it? Especially because we're having our workshop to deal with the same kind of people over across the world as here. There's a lot of work to do. And that's his judgment. That's the final king, king's judgment. Then shall the righteous, verse 37, and they kind of look at him and it's saying, then shall the righteous answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and took you in? Or when did we see you naked, Jesus, and clothed you? Or when did we see you were sick and in prison and came unto you? And Jesus was all of these things, by the way, all of these things he went through himself. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brothers, you have done it unto me. And so every time that we give a, a, a cup of cold water, we clothe somebody, we pray for somebody, we minister somebody, we're doing it as unto Jesus in his name. What does that mean? That means that motive is everything in the Christian experience. Everything. And the scripture tells us that without love, you are nothing, and you have nothing, and you're doing nothing. Love is the only acceptable motivation for Christian ministry. It's the only one. Without love, preaching, teaching, dancing, singing, building great buildings, doing all it's nothing that God looks on the heart. And he he goes on, and he says, Then shall he say to them on his left, Depart from me, cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you didn't take me in. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. I was in prison, you never visited. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked, sick or a prisoner, and didn't minister to you? And he shall say to them, inasmuch as you did not do it, to the least of these you did not do it to me. And they shall go away into everlasting punishment of hellfire and the righteous to eternal life. The final judgment. Not based upon if you went to Bible college. Not based upon what you knew about whether your theology was correct or not. It's based on what you did. In Jesus' name. Motivated by love. By the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Very simple. Very simple. So the whole question is what is it? (laughs) What is it? Inasmuch as you did it. You've done it unto him. You've done it un, you ministered unto Jesus. What's its? What's your definition of it, IT? He just gave it, didn't he? Feed the hungry, clothe the poor. As far as I can see, Kingwood's doing all those things. And it's exciting. And has always done all of those things. And he says, do it unto the least of these. You know, in America we're always looking for the sharp people. You know? We have meaning if we have beauty, brains, or bucks. That's American values. It's not Christian values. You got a little money? Hey, become an elder. you businessman? Hey, we need businessmen on the elder board. Especially those with money. Uh-oh. Beauty? Let's choose the, the beautiful folks. Smart? And Jesus says, No. Minister to under the least of these. When we have graduations from our Africa Hope Bible College, our our graduates are going out, planning churches, ministering to others. I have come to the place over the years, and in my ministry here, in churches, here in Portland and in the, in the different areas, churches that I've pastored at, I look around, I used to think, oh, yeah, that's, you know, it's like you're choosing a soccer team. You're going to choose them and them and them. I've tried to find the person that looks the weakest, the most unlikely, the most, you know, diminutive or, you know, least likely to succeed anymore. And I'm like, that's probably the one that God's going to use to reach that entire nation over there. (laughs) He loves to do that. I mean, look at me. (laughs) I'm the character. I'm the little rascal that, you know, I mean, Seriously, if God can use me, he can use anyone. And he wants to use everyone in every way. And I think the reason that he does that is because when we know, and I know, that none of this is my, oh, Gil's gone and done this and this. No, no, no. I could never have done any of these things. And our goal is to see all of Africa and the Rift Valley reached and a church school planted in every single village in the Rift Valley by the year 2020. That was our 10-year vision. There's no way that me or any of our directors or anyone could ever do that. But that's what we're praying for and believing God for. And nothing is impossible with God, and he's doing it. And so I'm the one that is most surprised when our school comes in first, or our pastors are playing. Hey, they planted. This guy planted three churches. This guy planted seventeen. He's got a circuit riding ministry. They're baptizing people. This guy gets elected as an MP and is giving God the glory. And I'm going, wow! These little orphans are coming up sharp, bright. They call them shiny. You know, they come from this darkness of you know, death and no water and no hope and no Jesus, and suddenly they're all scrubbed up and shiny in their little uniforms and growing up and we're sending them out. It's like, oh, this is God's doing, isn't it? Of course it is. And so I cannot, we cannot ever take credit for any of these things. And I think that's why God uses the weak things. So everybody knows, gosh, you know, it wasn't him. (laughs) It wasn't me. It was him. And I want to encourage you at Kingwood, too. Keep doing what you've always done. I don't mean arguing or fighting or leaving or coming or going. I no, I mean we do that too. Everybody does that. Every church has gone through, you know, all kinds of things. No, no, no. Keep believing. Keep believing. This is a new day. We had communion. If you took communion today, you know what you just did? You testified to God and all of his angels and to everybody here that there's nothing between my soul and the Savior. (laughs) That's what you testified. That's what you said, Mike. Praise God. It's a new day, a moment. And if you're here with bitterness, resentment, or darkness in your heart, feeling that God can't use you, and this church is finished, and I'm finished, and I'm done with this, then you don't believe because we're just a breath away from renewal, and from healing and hope. And our God says nothing is impossible with me because our God calls things that are not as though they were. He makes everything out of nothing. Whether they be one, whether they be few, or whether they be many. So be encouraged, beloved. Kingwood Bible Church, it's not done. We're not done. God is here. He's present. Two or three are gathered together. Jesus' name. I visited the powerhouse yesterday. Didn't even know it. (laughs) Went into the fireside room to set up for our workshop. Met some people there that meet there all the time. From the fireplace. Brand for me. Brand for you. Brand for the church. Brand for the world. That's a powerful thing. Beautiful thing. There's always hope. I define hope this way. and I'm going to close just by saying H-O-P-E. Holding on past the end. That's what Jesus did. When all hope was gone, disciples quit, went back fishing, threw it in, Lost cause. Biblical hope is holding on past the end. Even death. You keep going. You keep trusting. Faithful to the faith. Right, Anita? Faithful to the fight. Faithful to the finish. All the way. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for your Son, Jesus, whom we love the good shepherd, the kind shepherd, the chief shepherd who is taking care of his sheep right here at Kingwood Bible Church and making a world of difference, sending Africa hope, sending Salem hope, the city of peace. And God, we just ask your blessing here. Father, as we look for that new shepherd, you are the good shepherd. You are the king of glory. You are the shepherd of Kingwood Bible Church and every church and every person who calls upon the name of the Lord. And so we look to you, King of glory. Raise up the workers. Lord of the harvest, raise up the workers. For Bible clubs, for the vacation Bible schools, for the next generation of missionaries, for the elders, for the pastors, for the leaders, for the Sunday school teachers. Bless them. Raise them up, Lord of the harvest. We call upon you and make those choosings, God, for us. We are not wise enough to choose a pastor or an elder, or a deacon, or make these decisions. But you are. So we look to you, God, and we ask for the shepherd of your choosing in your time. And we will wait for those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles and get your perspective. They will run and not grow weary and we'll have your power. And we will walk all the way home to heaven, and not faint, because you give us the perseverance to know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Those who sow in tears shall doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing the harvest with them, even as today. We bless you, O Lord, and we thank you for these things that we have in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Heavenly Father, there's no greater love than your love for us. And we are so thankful that we have been able to make a choice. And that that choice is to know you, Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Bless and protect these dear people. Bless and protect Gil and Carol Harder. Bless and protect Sharon and Rebecca as they travel this summer. Lord, I do pray that you protect all the work and the ministry and the people that you're touching in Africa. And if there is hope for Africa... Oh, God, I pray there's hope for America. <laughs> we can learn from this, Father. We're not going to be like Africa, but we are lost. Our kids, families, we see them on the street and we pass them by and don't give them a a look, let alone a word or a notice or anything. So, Father, I pray that what Gil and Carol have brought to us this morning and this week and in the days and years ahead, that it will continue to affect us, that it will continue to change our hearts.